They stood in line for how long? (laughs) That was my question as I was getting asked about my take on this phenomenon that's going on in the United States over a restaurant's launch of a chicken sandwich. Let's just face it. I scratched my head, but then I wanted to gather some information and I was shocked that I was seeing consumer behaviorism at its worst. (laughs) And the only thing I could say was, somebody's plan came to pass. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about the curious case of the chicken sandwich. I'll see you then. A chicken sandwich. Yes, that is the current hot thing that's going on right now. So Let me just go on and get into this because I want to cover three little things that have a little, uh, not a little, but some components to it um, about my take on this case of this chicken sandwich. So off the the rip, I want to say that this is reminiscent of uh, the run on toys back in the 90s and early 2000s for Christmas when parents were trying to find the hottest toy. I think they still do it for the most part, but not like it used to be, uh, where you're seeing as much uh, emotion tied into getting or acquiring something as you are right now with these sandwiches. And then also the Black Friday sales uh, that have become infamous and notorious for getting people injured and uh, fistfights and all of those types of things as well. And then the, um, the, the notion of uh, being able to get something that's coveted, okay? Now, I said in the A part that somebody's plan worked very well, and I am not going to give whoever this is credit for plotting everything exactly, but I want to say it was probably a perfect storm, and that perfect storm worked well for them. So, you on the one hand, you've got the individual and you got the crowd consumer behaviorism going on. So let's just agree that across the board, we, including you and me, are perfectly irrational in what we want and we desire. Number two, we have certain things that trigger us to to react. And a lot of times we react before we can even analyze what we're doing. And uh, in his seminal work, um, Influence, uh, Robert Cialdini, Uh, professor out of Arizona, talked about the six principles of persuasion. And he talked about scarcity. He talked about social proof. And uh, he talked about um, uh, uh, retribution, not retribution, (laughs) reciprocation. Uh, Those are just three that I can just think of off the top of my head that were in play here. And I'm saying were because they ran out of sandwiches and I, I'm, I'm not going to say, thank goodness. I'm just going to say that's what happens. Um, because they, this plan works so well that they exhausted their eight week supply in just over 10 days nationally. They ran out of sandwiches and they're saying that it's going to take them a little bit uh, to get more sandwiches. So let's let's look at this because I want to break this down real quick in uh, the marketing consumer part, uh, the personality part, and the culture part, and see if there's some uh, wisdom wisdoms that we can look at this to to help ourselves uh, be better when similar things that might affect us happen. 
Now, let me give my disclaimer. If you were one of those people that sat in those cars, waited in those lines and everything for your chicken sandwich, I am not trying to disparage you or put you down. I'm simply giving uh, some insights on wisdom based on uh, the observation of what happened. Because like I said before, there's nothing new under the sun. And this is a phenomenon that happens when you have Black Friday, when you have hot Christmas toys, when you have anything that has to do with scarcity and supply. When you have people on YouTube and Facebook doing these taste tests and comparisons, and these are, you know, your everyday relatable personalities uh, who have some influence saying, you know, this sandwich is legit. It tastes great. Look how big it is. And they're like placing it right next to two other competitors. So there is your social proof. And so, uh, and then the price point on it, I, uh, I think nationally is under $5 or right at about $5. And so U.S., $5 U.S. if you're listening to this um, outside of the U.S. And so that's, you know, fairly reasonable for uh, a meal. Okay. So you got all of these things happening, coalescing, coalescing into a perfect storm. You also have uh, the added uh issue of fear of missing out when you see some one person talking about it and then you see another and now you see that it's become a thing it is really hard for people to ignore uh the social and cultural impact of something you know and so a lot of people may not have ever been thinking they wanted a sandwich but because so many people are talking about how good this is how can they not and in the back of people's minds, they become aware that the more people want something, the more it's possible for supply to go down. So thus, you add into people's um, tenaciousness. We talked about tenacity. Yes, you see how I'm doing that. Uh, we we talk we we look at people's tenaciousness in standing in line for hours on end to get a five dollar sandwich or a four dollar sandwich or however much it costs, and. It baffles the mind when you step back, but not so much when you know what's really going on. So let's take a little trip down memory lane of some, some of someone that I've talked about in the past, and that is uh, who they call the godfather of um, public relations, well, pro- propaganda, if we're being honest. And I've talked about him before, Edward Bernays. And because of him, uh, he helped us branch out into some additional tentacles of psychology and marketing. And those are consumer behaviorism, consumer marketing, and consumer psychology. And that's where uh, out of his work where you do get the Robert Cialdini's with the influence, uh, the book Predictably Irrational, and even one of the edits that uh, Amazon sits on, and that is uh, that uh, consumers are predictably irrational. Irrational. I mean, I could go down the list. Netflix. Uh, Netflix has been known to say that their only competitor sleep and they are winning. They give you as much as you can consume uh, by giving you everything up front so that they have now created a whole phenomenon in the consumer behavior to consume until they say stop. 
by just giving you the whole season whenever it goes live. And so and on and on, I could talk about that kind of stuff. But let's talk about this little chicken sandwich, okay? Because it's rubbing some people the wrong way. Uh, there have been Twitter beef started as well as actual fights in the stores with employees and customers, customer on customer. And it's been kind of crazy. And um, I'm not going to say I'm glad that the chicken sandwiches are exhausted. I'm just going to say maybe this will help people to co- cool down and they can regain their rational side before the next batch of chicken sandwiches come? Yeah, maybe. So anyway, looking at the consumer behavior, we can say that if if you are an individual, looking at you as a consumer, you are smart, but you're also irrational. And when it comes to purchasing, you are an emotional being making an emotional purchase, and you rationalize that purchase to to make it make sense to you. But oh, if you become part of the crowd or the movement who wants something, then the crowd becomes dumb, mean, and irrational. And that is how you can have people who, if someone walked up to you and said, um, give me $200, or, or I'll even say, just give me $100, uh, you would be like, what for? You you know, you haven't done anything for me. And they would be like, well, I'll give you $5 back. If you give me $100, i am going to give you $5 back. And you would think that was asinine. But yet and still, in actuality, in most probability, that is what happened to all of the thousands of people who waited in line up to four hours to get a chicken sandwich. That's really what it came down to. And I'm going to talk about, a, a mention a book real quick uh, that I think does a great job at... Uh, outlining this as well. And it's called Unscripted by MJ DeMarco. He has a previous book called The um, Millionaire Fast Lane. And both of these books are written for uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, But I really do like that he takes the time to break down this whole uh, concept that um, we need to understand. Because think about it. If you're willing to stand in line for something that's either quote unquote free or that everybody wants, uh, that is a quote unquote good deal, you're in effect giving up four hours of time where you could have been using that uh, to, to have an income, make something that will give you residuals or something like that. Okay. So think of it. If you spend four hours, in line waiting for this chicken sandwich and you equate that to what you get uh, working, even if it's uh, a minimum wage and and let's just put the minimum wage at uh, $15 an hour, four hours, that's going to be $60. Is it still a good deal to give somebody $60 in exchange for and I just checked this. The sandwich is $3.99. It's not even five. It's four dollars. So it's an exchange of I'll give you $60 worth of my time for you to give me back a $4 sandwich. And it's a sandwich that I'm going to eat in one sitting, and that's gonna be it. And so it kind of takes a different uh um uh, a different look when we put it through that lens. And I'm not going to lie, the chicken sandwich looks phenomenal. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, 
And I can see, you know, how people want to take advantage of it. And the thing is, is when I talk about the irrational, uh, irrationality of people wanting it, it's not that people are just wanting it because they think it's a good deal. People are also uh, wanting to share in a movement, so a social movement. And so if we look at it from that way, uh, from the consumer behaviorist standpoint, we can affix a little more of a, uh, we, can, we can upgrade the amount, you know, that you can say, yeah, I was one of the ones who got one. You know, this is the same thing that happened when the iPhones uh, first started getting released. And this is what happened when uh, Black Friday comes around. And they have quote unquote good deals. Uh, some people like it for the quirkiness of it to say that they were a part of something. So there is a little bit of value in that, but I don't believe it still it brings it up to equivalency of what it costs for you to give that time away. Um, there's this movie. Uh, it didn't do well in the box office, but it's got some. It's got some thought-provoking themes to it, and it's called uh, Jupiter Ascending. And it's this theory that uh, these human uh, alien uh, or um, uh, planets, not planets, but um, alien uh, entities uh, have, have learned how to prolong life. And that has become the new currency in their world. And so you've got these ancient beings who are family. They're, you know, they're humans and all of that kind of stuff. And they've they've learned how to extract this elixir, uh, compressed essence of people <laughs> that they ingest and or take a bath in it or whatever. And it prolongs their life. And because they've become so powerful and this is their richness, they live long enough to acquire a lot of uh, money and power. And thus, when you can buy anything, they start buying and and holding on to planets. And so in this movie, the main character is supposedly a part, I'm not going to give away, you know, the entire plot in case you haven't seen it, but the main character is some kind of way related to one of the powerful families that just so happens to own earth. And there is this time in the movie where the main character is like, why are you doing this? And one of the people from the this elite house that she's a part of says, don't you understand the most valuable commodity in any world, galaxy, or planet is time? And she looks at her like, oh, okay. And when they said that, I was like, wow. It is true and then it is false because, you know, time can be a construct if you want to go philosophically with it. And I believe that time moves at different spaces for different people based on how uh, how expert a person is at managing themselves. Because there really isn't any time management. It's you management if you think about that. And so listening to that and then, I mean, remembering that movie and then looking at another case of people uh, giving their time so freely to experience a sandwich or to get a great deal, if you will, before it ran out, it just, it just kind of made me chuckle. And so the, 
behavior of the consumer individually and as a crowd is irrational. Uh, But when it seems like the crowd is getting something that you're not, there is a fear of missing out or as we call it, FOMO. And then I'll just say one other thing, because there are a few other things I want to cover here before um, we end we end our little examination of this chicken sandwich case. And that is um, aspirational items. One of the things that I have been studying recently is what makes people uh want to have expensive luxury items uh, because in times of recession, depression, hard times, uh, luxury items go up in sales. And uh, during the Great Depression, one of the top selling items was um, a, a luxury brand uh, lipstick. And you would be like, well, why would someone want to buy lipstick? Um, And of course, they have all of these different theories and stuff, but it really came down to trying to stay connected to what makes you live, what makes your quote unquote time here matter. And so taking that and superimposing it on the reason why so many people were willing to freely give up a a value of anywhere from $60 on up of time towards acquiring this sandwich. I truly believe that from a consumer standpoint, they had something to believe in that they could acquire that was aspirational because there is a limited supply on the chicken sandwiches. That that was already a built-in thing. They knew that. Uh, So that in and of itself made it an aspirational thing because it had a limit to it. And then the reinforcement that it was something of an aspirational value, even though it wasn't in the price, was how long they had to sit there and idle to get it. I remember seeing um, a couple here in my home area in Atlanta who spent two days trying to find a place so that they could review the sandwich online. And then they finally were able to get their their sandwiches and review it online. I mean, it was fine. It, was, it, it wasn't any uh, big problem. It was just how when they unboxed it, you know, because yeah, when you have something aspirational, you don't just sit there and and eat it, you unbox it. (laughs) So when they unboxed it and presented it and all and oohed and all all over it and everything, it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of something. I'll just say that. And these weren't the only ones. And so what I'm going to say about this is the consumer behaviorist running this campaign, they did their job. And they created all of the triggers that get people in. And if we're looking at Robert uh, Cialdini's six principles, I can name uh, two strong ones off the bat. And that is social proof as well as um, scarcity. So those are, you know, those are they. So the social proof is all these people posting how good the sandwich is and you got to get the sandwich. And then the scarcity is hurry up because supplies are limited. Okay, so there's that. So now I want to kind of move real quickly into um, a quick little personality primer on uh, so to help us kind of understand what are the gears in the back of what we do that make us open to this kind of stuff. And 
what it's called is it's called the five one of the excuse me one of the ways that therapists work at looking at classifications of areas in a personality to see if you're high medium or low in something they've brought it down to five uh personality traits and the acronym for it is ocean o c e a n okay and these five factors are openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism and what it simply means is, is if you're open, that means how inventive, curious, or consistent or cautious you are. If you're conscientious, how efficient or organized or how easygoing or careless are you? And then, of course, extroversion is, like it says, openness, energetic versus uh, solitary and um, a reserved person. And then there is the agreeableness. This is how friendly and compassionate you are versus uh, how challenging or detached you may be. And then this is the one that a lot of people don't want to deal with, but it's important. And that is how sensitive or nervous you are versus how secure and confident you are. And based on whether you find yourself high or low in these behaviors, certain things will trigger you before you even realize what's happening. And so looking at this, a lot of times uh, when I know I've had to look at um, consumer behavior, we tend to gravitate toward looking at the openness and the extroversion and agreeableness as some of the driving factors and not as you might be thinking of how this, uh, how how influenced you can be, you know, how easily you can be persuaded. No, the flip of that. These are usually the people who drive the consumer behavior because for them, the like if you're open to, ex- you're open to experience, you're active, you have imagination, um, you are attentive to not only your world around you, but even your inner feelings. And thus you can become very persuasive and you tend to make things look enjoyable. And people want to share that with you if you are high on the openness to experience range. And then let's talk about uh, the uh, extroversion outgoing and energetic. You know, think about that. If you are a Pied Piper, people are going to follow you whether you're trying to lead them or not. And then agreeableness. You know, how open and friendly are you? How compassionate or even passionate are you about something? One of the things that really helped this whole chicken sandwich thing get over is that a lot of people doing the reviews are very agreeable. Uh, there's this one, I'm not going to call out any specific YouTuber names, uh, but he that's what he does. He does fast food reviews and he has thousands, hundreds of thousands of viewers. And I tell you, his agreeableness is off the chart. He has got the whole uh, charisma archetype of seduction down pat and he's engaging. You don't want to look away from him and, and the, he's, he's, He's over the top, but he's very entertaining. And, you know, when you have these types of people just giving their uh, experience and interaction with the product, it sells itself because you can see the product, you can see how they react to it. And because they have done enough for people to know, like, and trust them, people are going to take their word for it. And so, yeah, so this is another thing that helped 
make this whole chicken sandwich thing explode. And then I want to talk really about culture real quick. Okay, so in our culture, we have come to the point where uh, the majority, the masses have become the consumption class. Uh, In previous podcasts, I've even talked about uh, product obsolescence and how after the world wars, when there was more discretionable income and more people were working in the workforce and we were in a time of prosperity, uh, merchants and vendors wanted to to get more money. They wanted people to buy from them more often. And so they tended to make products that were made to fail. They weren't made to be durable. They were made to last just long enough for people to continue to have to buy the products. So there, that's how you moved from things cast or machines cast in steel and iron um, to being cast in fiberglass and, and plastic. Um, if you even look right now for the cost of a smartphone, uh, the cost is astronomical. And you can just about guarantee that after two years, you're going to start having problems with it because that's what it is. Um, my time is fastly evaporating, but I do want to just say this. I have a Chromebook and I've had this Chromebook for a little while and my Chromebook works just fine. And the other night, I just could not believe it. I got a message that said, we will no longer send you software updates to this one. You need to get a new one. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And I guess it was because I took so much, I took such good care of this Chromebook that I guess they did not think that I should continue to benefit from a perfectly working Chromebook. And they were like, we're just going to stop since you won't buy one. We're just going to stop upgrading it. And I was like, product obsolescence at its finest. And so with this, back in uh, 1955, when an article from Life Magazine talked about the throwaway uh, society, that's when we started looking at this whole consumerist push uh, for vendors and, and merchants and even some governments to get people hooked on consumption and being consumers. And so now the majority of people out there are in the consumer class and they don't even realize it. And so what you have here is a perfect example of the consumer class versus the merchant class. And what they do is they all they show the masses is how to consume. One of the things that I noted was that the channels on YouTube that were touting the sandwich and the taste test and like, buy, 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 go get it, go get it, um, were getting blessed by the algorithm gods. The channels that seemed to be um, saying, wake up, don't do this, you know, this is just another ploy to get you to consume they weren't getting, you know, the hits. And you can argue and say, well, that's not what people wanted to hear. And I believe you're right. And I'm going to say that you're right. But if they got more exposure and more love to be shown on different people's uh, pages, then maybe more people would listen to these critical views of this whole uh, consumerist free for all or, or Barcanal, wherever you want to call it. And so, one of the things that we're having to understand, and this is one of the wisdom smacks that I, I wanted to, to shout out here, is that consumer behaviorists have learned the key to learning. 
And the key to learning is to be simple and repetitive. If you think about pop songs, pop songs, they are made to be sung along to. That's why they have so much repetition. And if you look at programming, programming needs to be simple and repetitive. And if you have everybody saying, this sandwich is great, it's not going to last long, go get it. I love this sandwich. Look how much you get for the price. And all of these types of things, they're making a simple statement. And not only is it repetitive, it's repetitive from numerous sources. And so the programming is working. There is this... Um, uh, influencer uh, who talks about financial empowerment. And what he says is, never give more to nonsense than you do to dollars and cents. And I really like that. Uh, but it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow because they'll say, well, why can't I just have a little fun? You know, they might even say the sandwich is only $4. I don't get to break out of the mold of responsibility every now and again. Why can't I do this on a one-off? You know, and that's okay because what I'm going to say to this is another thing that that influencer says, and that is don't try to persuade. The age of persuasion is over. Either they see it or they don't. And with that, that's what I wanted to say about this curious case of this chicken sandwich. So I'm going to review real quick and tell you some of the wisdom smacks um, that hopefully you'll be able to see. And that is that we are social beings. Uh, we think we are rational, but when it comes to our desires and wants, um, there are consumer behaviorists, puppet masters, if you will, creating externally creating cravings in us for stuff that we didn't know we needed until they told us we needed it. And we have some culpability in this as well. We have, we still have the right to break the programming and all that kind of stuff. So just understand that the, there are factors at, at play. And then the personality factors. When you get people who are, are open, agreeable, and who are uh, extroverted, uh, the Pied Pipers of the group leading Everybody wants what these people are saying. And so you've got people with fantastic personality traits leading the way. And then, yep, the culture. We are, we've been programmed for uh, tens of um, decades on how to become good little consumers. And all I would ask for you to do is kind of break out of that for a little bit and see what it looks like on the outside. And, and hopefully you'll be able to get a new understanding of how to, to do this thing without being manipulated when you don't want to be. So guess what? Yep, my time is up and I do thank you for yours. This has been another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah. And I am Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, uh, saying thank you. And don't forget to support us. Check the show notes. Use our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And guess what? Yep, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, 
please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.